Greetings and welcome to the Uncensored Humanity Podcast. If you're new to the show, this is a long-form podcast where I sit down with guests and we just have a conversation. Now, these conversations are not scripted. They are raw and real. There's no editing. So wherever they go, they go. So hopefully you guys will enjoy the conversations as much as I know that I will. This episode is brought to us by Mike the Strongman. Are you tired of getting your training and nutrition advice from someone with only a weekend certification? Then perhaps it's time to turn to someone with over 15 years of research-based experience. Mike the Strongman can help you with all your training and nutrition needs. Mike has a proven track record of getting results with his clients. Visit MikeTheStrongMan.com for more information or email Mike at MikeTheStrongMan at gmail.com if you're ready to take your performance to the next level. This episode is also brought to us by the Healthiest You Chiropractic Center. The Healthiest You Chiropractic Center in Strongsville, Ohio is dedicated to giving their patient community the highest level of healthcare. Their doctors have been trained on the newest and most innovative styles of chiropractic and rehabilitative treatments. From back pain to ankle strains, the Healthiest You has remedies for a variety of injuries. Are you looking to perform better in life and activity? Their team takes a wellness-based approach on health rather than only focusing on symptoms such as pain. Call 440-238-3338 or email them at thychiro, that's T-H-Y-C-H-I-R-O, at gmail.com for questions about becoming a patient. Now is a better time than ever to become the healthiest you. And last but not least, this episode is brought to us by CrossFit Strongsville. CrossFit Strongsville is a place where everyday people become heroes every day. Through qualified coaching, challenging yet modifiable exercise programming, and a supportive community unlike any other, members find a way to break through personal barriers physically, mentally, and emotionally. No matter what level you're at, from the very beginner to the elite, you'll find you receive great service from the moment you walk through the door, and we promise it will be one of the best hours of your day. Check out CrossFitStrongsville.com for more information and to sign up for a free one-on-one consultation with the owner, a 12-year veteran of the fitness and therapy fields. Okay, folks, on today's show, we have a special segment that we like to call American Honesty. And as always for these segments, we have our two co-hosts back with us today. And these are kind of quickly becoming some of my favorite topics because we all get to banter back and forth together. And it's just always a lot of fun. Today, we got into the topic of parenting, and it was definitely a great conversation. Hopefully, you guys will enjoy. So sit back, strap in, and enjoy our conversation. Greetings, and welcome to a special episode of the Uncensored Humanity Podcast, that we like to call American Honesty. I'm your host, Matt Hess, and we have back with us our co-host for these segments, Mr. Andrew Hoffman. Andrew, how we doing? Doing very good, Matt. Excellent. And also, Mr. Jake Bible. Jake, how are we doing, sir? Good. I'm great. Good. <laughs> so we have a guest today, Mr. Cody Bellis. Cody, how are you doing this morning, sir? Doing just fine. And uh, Cody came on the podcast because we kind of talked about him in the last American Honesty episode that we did. So he came on to kind of set the record straight a little bit. But... Uh, <laughs> But no, realistically, he just wanted to come on and we're going to have, uh, hopefully what we're going to have is a good conversation here this morning. So Cody, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of a background, a little bit about who you are, kind of what you come from, and kind of make yourself a little bit more relatable to everyone. Yeah. So I grew up in the area, same as you guys, from Lodi. So Northeast Ohio. Northeast Ohio, yeah. And uh, lived there in a small town for the first 29 years of my life. You know, it's a nice little town. Two parents, mom, dad, and a brother, and then some half-brothers and half-sisters, 
you know, very family based on a farm. So I grew up on the farm lifestyle. So you were out like milking cows and we raising had chickens and all that kind of stuff? Feeding beef cattle and stuff. And okay. Then, and then we got rid of the cattle and switched into produce. And we did produce for the second half. That's a hard life. Yeah. The, the animals were more too much responsibility. Uh, can't go anywhere. Vacations. Who's going to feed your 20-some oh, yeah. cattle? I mean, a lot of people talk about that with dairy farms. You know, Especially they say that's the worst because it's like you got to be there to milk them in the morning, milk them in the evening. You literally can't be more than 12 hours away from your house ever. Yeah. And the same with the food. You know, they fed, watered, uh, pregnant ones. Sometimes my parents were on vacation. We had baby cattle. You know, mm-hmm. and it was other people that had to come over and deliver this calf. So... Yes. I mean, do you wow. normally call like a veterinary like for that? Like the no, do you just figure <laughs> just it out. Figure like, it out. One time it came out breach. My brother-in-law had to oh. reach in there and tie on a rope to the feet, just like in city slickers, Ooh. and pulled the cow out. The, the now, breach means they were born backwards. backwards. Yeah, backwards. And uh, so the mom ended up passing because it was a hard labor on her, but saved the calf. You know, and it's just one of those things. Like growing up on farm life, like you can bring in vets and that, but you know, you get expensive, and most of the time it goes pretty natural that cow just. The baby just drops out of the cow in the barn, and there again, they lick it, and you just got to make sure to keep the other cattle and the big steers away from it so they don't hurt it. Okay. Now, now did you grow up there, like, your, your whole life? So, you like, you were born there. That is what it is. Did you move there like, no, later? I, I was born there. Okay. So, that's, uh, yeah, I was born, so that's all you ever knew. I was born into it. Yeah. Okay. I was born into it, and then my dad got tired of dealing with the livestock, so we just kept the horses and the goat and stuff, and then moved in the produce. Like, we both started a strawberry farm, and we planted 5,000 strawberries, but... The no money in strawberries. We figured that out real quick. It was it was a learning experience, you know, switching from cattle to produce, and it was a learning experience. We found that real money is in corn and green beans and all that. So we plowed everything under and redid it, you know, with the money makers. And then we used to go sit and sell, like in Lafayette, right there, Lafayette Market. Uh-huh. We used to sell Litchfield yep. Circle, like, like little farmers markets and stuff. Yeah, or just yeah. side of the road, you know. We'd, oh, really? Yeah, just yeah. you know, in uh, circles usually or busy intersections, you just park, put up some signs and. That's what we did after school with my dad and stuff. He'd work all day, and then we'd come home, load up the truck with everything we picked, and go sell it. And that was cool. You know, did, you, was, did you go to like a regular? Um, did you still go to like public school, or did you homeschool? Or yeah, I went to Cloverleaf. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I went, you know, went to regular uh, Lodi Elementary, and then uh, high school, and then I went to the Medina County Career Center. Okay, the last two years of high school. What did you study there? I studied building trades. Okay. It's a mixture of plumbing, electrical, and carpentry. So did you get into oh, cool. construction after that? Yeah. I didn't go into either of those fields, but I ended up getting into concrete. Okay. And I did concrete for three and a half years off and on out of high school. You know, as a foreman at a Modern Port Walls company out in Wellington. I did that uh, for a while, and then I left, did glass block windows for a year, building those for houses. And then work got slow, went back to concrete. Cause that's what I knew. Did that for another couple of years, and then got into waterproofing through uh, my brother worked there. Okay. And uh, the guy who owned the company actually was married to my sister, so it worked out. I needed a job. I got into that, and it's union waterproofing. And now, explain waterproofing for people who don't know what that is. It's a uh, I do commercial big buildings, schools, hospitals, Cleveland Clinic, all those in the area, and we come in and they pour basement walls, and we waterproof the basement walls below grade. Now, how do you do that? Well, there's a lot of different systems. You have okay. sheet, liquid that you roll on, like paint and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're literally putting a barrier between like the outside ground and the inside of the building, right? Yeah. Are you talking like also like the drainage around, yeah, like the interior as well? No, like um, that's usually on other trades, like the drain at plumbers, do okay. drains and stuff. Okay. I, I'm just a certified applicator installer, like so I don't even labor. 
Like I usually don't pick up shovels or anything like that. I come in and I just waterproof. Okay. And the so, un- so they pretty much prep the site for you. Yep. You come in, you either lay sheeting down or boards or what have you, and literally try to make that waterproof barrier so that you don't get well flooded basement. Yep. Sealing up the building, you know, you want to create, you know, a barrier as you said between the dirt and the water outside and your basement wall because you don't want your wall to take on water because it can weaken it over exactly. time. Even if it ain't making it in, it's weakening your wall. Yeah, and th- this is also something that really you know only happens in certain parts of the country because a lot of the parts of the country, they don't have basements. Yeah. yeah. Like it, most of it's just slab on grade. Um, I don't know the reason for that. I mean, maybe it's water just because they can't dig down? or Water table. Okay. Like especially in Florida and all that, they don't even have cemeteries. They have yeah. tombs mm-hmm. because – Oh, it's the, so wet. In Louisiana and all that. Oh, like, I didn't think about that. You dig down four or five feet, you're like almost below the water level of the ocean floor. Yeah. Okay. If you go to if you go to Louis, if you go to New Orleans, like it's it's creepy because like you'll be coming into the city on the highway and you have the big city on the right with Superdome and everything. You'll go off to your left and it's just – it's crypts. Like tombs, mausoleums, okay, all above ground. But it's just because the water is so saturated yeah, in the ground, you, can't you literally can't dig down. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. You know, okay. bodies coming up to the surface. Obviously, well, that's obviously. what it would have. I mean, during Katrina and stuff like that. Like, I was in Louisiana like the year after Katrina, and it looked like a war zone. Like those mausoleums and everything that you know, all just covered in just grime, and it, you know, the ground just completely saturated. Um, just look creepy as hell. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so how long have you been doing the waterproofing? I've been doing that since, I'm trying to think, 2009 or something like that. So about, okay. 10, about 10 years now. And you're, you're doing it currently? Yeah, I'm okay. still doing it currently, yeah. Awesome. We also do above grade, too. It's called air barrier, but on these schools and hospitals, they pay for it. And it's you're sealing up everything above the ground, too, mm. with, you know, sheet or liquid-based. So, because they can't afford to get moisture in the hospitals and schools, because moisture, moisture creates mold. Yes. So that's very important. That's yeah. why that's why we do it on them. We don't do it on houses and stuff like that because it's overkill and the stuff is. Yeah, you know. it's one of those things like be nice to have, but you don't need it necessarily, right? Yep. In- interesting. So, do you have any kind of fun hobbies or things you get into? Things you like to do outside of work? Um, you know, I like to read. Uh, I have my dog. Take my dog for walks and stuff, and I enjoy enjoy doing outdoor. Just like chores okay. and stuff like that, cutting the grass. Working around the house. Yeah. Like hiking, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I like to do hiking every once in a while. I went to Tennessee a couple years ago and did a, like a 20 mile circuit, and that was a workout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the 80 pound pack. I regretted. It's I learned, tough work. I learned very quick what's essential and what is not as essential <laughs> when you're hiking. There's a reason why a lot of those, uh, especially like the through hikers, like the Appalachian Trail, like who are out there for months at a time, yeah. like they, they cut their toothbrush in half. They'll save every little ounce that they can. Yeah. And, it, and like there's a good reason for that because it, it gets heavy real quick. Yeah. Totally gets heavy. And then, uh, yeah, I like just relaxing because I work out, you know, outdoors most of the time. So, yeah, that's, that's the hard thing about the kind of work that you're going to do is it's not going to be a nice air-conditioned building where you're going in there and it's like, okay, yeah, I got some work and it's tough and you're working hard, no big deal. But it's like, no, it's unfinished basements and open to the everything else and you go in there and it's, yeah, it's, it's rough work. Yeah. So it makes your time off work. You're like, want to be almost indoors. Like you said, air conditioning yeah. is very nice after a full day and being in the heat, like I enjoy the summertime. It's beautiful out in Ohio. Hmm. This time of year, you know, it's starting to get warmer. But this time of year is the best time to work outdoors yeah. because it's comfortable. It's yeah. like a nice 60, it's, it's, 70. It's cool. It's crisp. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, does, it's it, it doesn't, doesn't beat you down as a person. <laughs> I've, I've seen it happen, yeah. when I, especially when I did concrete. It happened to me a couple of times. Heat exhaustion. Oh, yeah. We just gets... had to go sit in the truck a couple hours because like, I was about to faint on the job site. Yeah. Just 95-degree day. Yeah. Super hot with 6,000% humidity. It'll beat you up. Because yep. they always say, like, out west, it's a dry heat. It's not as bad as Ohio. Like, mm-hmm. I get it, but 
105 still damn hot. <laughs> yeah, I've been to California and it was 108 when we landed, and it's hot. I don't yeah. care dry heat or yeah. not. It's, no, no it's hot. Yeah, that's that's not. You can't even roll down the window because it's just hot air coming in. Mm-hmm. Like I realized that when we were in the desert out there, is like you can't get no satisfaction from rolling down the window. No, nah, there's exactly. no escaping it. Yeah, it's yeah. you're because I had a friend who lived in, you know, lived in Las Vegas for a long uh, several years, maybe close to a decade. He said that you know you're looking at eight months out of the year where your ac is on 24 7 you know you might get three months out of the year where you can turn it off and that's kind of what he said is that you and i was like well it's got to be nice out there you don't have to worry you know you're not worrying about rain you're not worrying about any heavy winds you know and he's like he's like once you hit like april or may he's like you're in prison you are in prison until you know the winter time comes because there's no there is no escape you're you have to be indoors all the time you got to or, make sure or you, you work never, outside for a couple of hours yeah. and then that's you can't that's be your day. far you can't be far away from an air from an air conditioned source um yeah that and, doesn't sound like fun to yeah me. but uh so jake was telling me that you saw some youtube documentaries that got you questioning maybe what what was going on you what kind of wanted to talk about how maybe people are bringing up their kids nowadays can you kind of tell us a little bit about that and kind of what spawned you wanting to come on the show yeah that's what i was you know surfing youtube as most people do and i was just coming across videos and it was came across one where it was like little kids dressed up in parades, such as like a drag queen or in a gay pride parade. And it just made me think like, why are they there? Someone had to take them to this event, you know? And it just, it really struck me as far as like, is this detrimental to the child? Like, you know, it's just, and like it was celebrated on YouTube. It's just, you know, this is a great thing. And, I know people have different views, so it's like, to me, I, I didn't think it was celebrated. I was thought, you know, this is wrong in a way. To well, no, what, what's what's wrong? It's just... Like, like just to taking the children to those kind of events, or... Allowing them to parade around so much, maybe that's, that's the I way they were. Yeah. Yep. To go to the events is fine. You want to go and experience it. You know, there's plenty of people on the sidelines and all that. But the ones, like, marching down, you know, the center of Broadway and stuff, that was just... it's it, not how I grew up, so it, it was weird to me, like, to see that you how, know, how, big city, because I didn't grow up in a big city, and that's what most of these are, is in bigger cities. I mean, you're not going to have a, a big march, you know, in a small college town yeah. like, like we're in now, because yeah. there's going to be, like, four people on, around, so I, I get some of that, but, I mean, uh, how old were these kids who were, like, in the marches? They looked about eight years old. Okay, so pretty yeah. young, pretty very, young, yeah, very pretty young, but pre, pre-pubescent, I would say, is that what they were, because... You know, like that's when you start feeling like emotions. I feel like you know, as a young kid, like a good growing time up, you of don't, development. Yeah, you don't really yeah. you like girls growing up, but you don't really know what that means yeah. until you start hitting puberty, and then you get these other feelings. Like that's what. So these kids are already like, I want I want to say sexualizing them by letting them dress up in drag because that's what the kid wants to do and stuff like that. But is it just because you let your kid do that? Is that right? Because they want to. Sometimes you know maybe you should steer them away from that. I feel like so. We got two two non parents and two parents here, so yeah. I think it's a good mix of how exactly do we go about it because we want to know this before we ever have kids. Yeah, and it's like good. Well, yeah, but I mean, also, I mean, obviously, everything we say here is just going to be our opinion. Right. I mean, yeah. People are free to do whatever they want to. I mean, this is a free country, right. and we we may or may not like what they do. But you know, I, I think you bring up an excellent point, though. Is at what point is it actually harmful? To maybe a child that young. Now, granted, if they were 15, 16 years old and you kind of figured a little bit more about your own sexuality and you kind of figured some of these things out, maybe that's, if they want to do it, then that's one thing. But an eight-year-old kid, if 
if the parents are like, hey, we should go do this, every eight-year-old is going to want to do that because they want to please their parents. Yeah, that totally makes total sense. You know, they watch the shows with their dad, like that drag show, you know, and then they're like, oh, let's go, you know, go do this convention or something like that. And like you said, the kid wants to be like their parents. Yeah, exactly. Because you always want to please your parents. That's, that's just how kids are. Now, obviously, there are some sociopaths out there that they're just – they're going to do what they're going to do. And so, some kids are mostly just wanting to push back a little bit. That's kind of how kids are, right? I mean, kids are always wanting to push the boundaries. You know, like you guys may not realize this yet, but, like, that's just kind of how that works. Like, every kid is always wanting to get away with a little bit of something extra. So that's why it's it's – super important to always have rules you know it's like i'm not punishing you you're not in trouble it's none of that like these are just the rules like we don't do that we don't you know it's like remember like a story my mom always likes to tell is that i would just bug her and bug her and bug her and bug her until she finally gave in and let me have what i wanted or go do what i wanted or anything like that and it's i always joke with her now it's like well you just kind of how to work the system like this one's simple. Like after the third time I ask that, like you need to say no. I said no, and if you ask me again, your dad's gonna beat your ass when you get home. I don't need to right now. You'll be good. So it's like, oh, that would stop that real quick, you know. So it's it's just about setting those kind of boundaries. So like these kids who are obviously wanting to please their parents and do these kind of things, yeah, I, let, it's, it's obviously not their choice. Yeah. Um. I let me first of all, I'm gonna like qualify something at first, even though. And uh, kind of something that we we spoke about actually before we started the podcast, just to kind of get it out into the public, and then also bring up one observation that I think could be a good something good to uh, to kind of use as a good springboard here as we start talking about this. First, first would be obviously, um, you know, I've gotten into my uh, my my beliefs and stuff like that in previous podcasts. We're not gonna like we're not gonna get into that at all. But like one of the first things that I was uh, thinking about as is. You know, we were thinking as I was thinking about having to talk about something like this was um, the potential uh, hypocrisy that could um, could be suggested by me saying, well, you know, you should you have no business indoctrinating your kid at a certain age, you know, before they can make decisions for themselves. You know, how could you take your kid to a parade if you can't think about this or that yet? And then I understand, you know, looking at myself is me taking my kid to church. You know, is that any different? And, you know, a lot of people would say, well, it's, you know, you can't, how can you compare the two things? Well, you can, you can compare the two things. Absolutely you can. Yeah, because they're both, you know, they're, they're not, you know, some people could say me taking my kid to to church is, you know, they could look me in the eye and tell me that is the most harmful thing I could be doing to them. And just like, you know, you could get somebody looking at, um, you know, some, a a, a gay parent taking their kid and saying that you couldn't be doing, you couldn't do any more harm to your kid than you're doing right now. And they could say the same thing to me. And it's, that boils down to a, uh, just a personal, you know, that's it's where your perspective comes in. So, you know, all that to say that, um, you know, my opinions today, uh, you know, a lot of stuff probably might surprise you, but all, but but mainly just to make you guys aware that I am aware that there is that, that obviously I know what I do with my kids. I know how it mirrors what we're talking about today. So that is not lost on me. And I'm going to try to keep that in mind as I proceed with talking about this and secondly is this and i know that and i think i heard cody mention you know the sexualization of our children um and how that you know you've got eight-year-olds there in in drag and stuff and how sexualized that makes i would actually challenge you know us all to really you know the sexual sexualization of our children is i think that's heterosexual and homosexual i mean if you look at like look at kids clothing that you can buy today and how many of them have like sexual innuendo phrases on them and stuff like that uh, you know, little cute little things, you know, but it's still like, 
you know. Could be it's, taken it's, that yeah, way, yeah. I mean, if you want to get really, like, weird about it, you could say these little kids who have, like, you know, chick magnet shirts with, like, a little bird on it. It's like, okay, you'd have to be psychotic to think that that's being sexualizing. But it's, you know, you can understand, you can see where, like, we adults like to make little innuendo jokes using our kids. Um, obviously, having them march in a parade, I, people are going to say that's a lot different than having a shirt on. I'm just trying to say, you know, when it comes to devil's advocate. Well, there's like, both sides to everything. Yeah. But at one point, you have to get into, I don't know if this is where Cody was going, but... Well, I mean, he's all here. The books, he can speak for himself. Well, yeah, but all the all the all the books that I'm reading right now, or the one that I've got that I really like, or the podcast that I've listened to, and the psychological part of it that I really like because I'm not a psychologist. So listening to these smart people talk and debate with Joe Rogan or all these other guys or whoever they're talking to or other psychologists where they're sitting down and discussing stuff, it's things that I never went through, like with psychology and all that in college or anything. I never went to college, so when I hear all this stuff, it's fascinating to me. But it's at what point is it physically damaging just to the kid, not on the left or the right or this side or that mm-hmm. side or uh, hetero or homophobic, which like whatever. What part is the human being aspect of it yeah. as a child? Is it damaging to their development and causing an issue? Because one, the parent is either that helicopter parent or they are shoving that kid in that agenda. Like what point is it like you're not letting your kid be a kid and it's ruining I, their life? I think that the conversation that would have to start as to we, we need to determine then what is the proper level right you know in our opinions in our minds we probably and we could even all four of us might have a different opinion of at what point does parenting should parenting taper off and decision making be left up to the child that is i wouldn't be surprised if we all four have slightly different views on where you know that type of parenting ends and where we leave it up to the child so you know, that's that's all stuff that we can, you know, we we should we can talk about. Well, that's why um, some yeah. of those psychologists that I've listened to, like just just in their own opinion, I kind of agree with some of it is they said at three or four is when your parenting of where you're making your kid do one thing or another should basically stop because at about five years old, they start to remember certain things more and more. And that not not stop parenting. Yeah. I'm saying, but that would be stop, kind of a bad. Thing. Yeah, you stop forcing shit down their throat because I mean, literally, you have to feed them after a certain point and all that. But there's a certain point where the kids do start to do things like a five year old that touches a hot pan on the stove and pss, they burn the piss out of their hand, and then they realize right there that little mark in their mind they're not gonna do that shit ever again. You can't you know watch over them every five seconds when they're going to reach their hand up and swat it away because then they don't know what that experience is like and that's what some of these guys are saying yeah is- yeah I, I, I watched a thing with jordan peterson he's a psychologist he was talking about yeah between the age of two and four yeah that's when like uh your kid learns things like oh i need to have good dinner etiquette stuff like that and they're like by that because after the time they're four like, do you want your kid to be someone that when you take him somewhere else, people are happy to be around the yeah. kid? Or is it more that the kid is annoying or something like that? And it's just like, wow, this kid is not behaved at all. Right. And they were saying between the age of two and four, like you're saying, is a very, like, they learn. Yeah, well, there's things. social there's things etiquettes learning, and all yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, there's things that even, even with, like me growing up in a divorced family or whatnot, where you learn from your parents by them not actually telling you something. It's just because you watched it mm-hmm. and you've yeah. seen it. But if people are taking their kids to parades and they're letting their kids celebrate where like, I think I'm not sure the exact video, but I've seen some where it's the little boy is basically walking around with yeah. a bunch of naked grown men Yeah, mm-hmm. and people want to call child abuse, child abuse on all this other shit. That's really like, eh, is that really child abuse or not? And then you see this and you're like, Oh no, that's fine. Like, eh, it's- well, that obviously also depends on 
whose agenda that it fits. Exactly. Right? It's a very progressive thing, and, right. those are, and those are the people who are usually complaining a lot about different you know things because I mean the squeaky wheel gets the grease. I mean it's like yeah, it's, it's like it's like the crazies on both sides, right? I mean yeah. most people I think in this country are you know kind of centralist. You know right. they're. they're I mean, they might be conservative, they might be liberal, but they kind of tend to be more towards the middle. Obviously, like the far right and the far left, you know, they're the ones who get all the attention on the media. That's just what you see and what you hear. But when you actually go around and talk to people, that's not like the people that I encounter. Yeah. Like, let me ask you this. Like, what would you what would you say if you saw, um, you know, a bunch of what if there was a big NRA parade where people had their five and six year olds, you know, marching with unloaded AKs and, you know, stuff like that and you know, AR-15s, and you've got six- and seven-year-olds, you know, with their guns, of course, you know, you're going to get the exact, they're going to look at those kids the exact same way that a conservative is going to look at, um, you know, these kids wearing, you know, G-strings with other naked men. And that That's the divide that we're at right now, is it's like the, the some decisions that people are making are uh, really angering. <laughs> Right, the people that aren't on, you know, that that don't think, and that's and that, and Mac, like Matt was saying, it's like we're there's getting less and less room for the center-minded person right, around right, here. Right. It's like you're, it's like pretty soon, I feel like you know you're gonna have to pick a crazy one way or the other. <laughs> that's what, well, it's, you know, it, it just seems like that the rational mind is getting is getting squeezed from both sides right now. Is is that kind of where you were going with what you saw and all that? What you instantly thought of? Didn't you say you had a story that kind of related to that too, or like a friend or something that? I mean, that was something different. Okay, that that okay. came to parenting, like, with abuse okay. and everything. That was different. But okay. I, I like what uh, Andy was just saying about, like, that. Like, yeah, because I lean more conservative. But I feel like they both have great ideas. Like, I'm pro-abortion, which is not conservative. I'm, like, people more gay, people want to get married, all that. I'm for whatever. It's because I, I, my conservative side, I still feel like we're Americans. We should be able to do what we want. Same with, like, mm-hmm. you should be able to take your kids to these parades. Yeah. And all that. Absolutely. As long as you educate them, though, like, about what it's about, though, like, don't just blindly take them in, but I'm not going to tell you you can't take them, but I might and I might not agree with it. Same with like you said about like because yeah. the NRA thing. That's a good point. You know, like I would be okay with the NRA parade because I feel like it'd be educational. Yeah, but it's also like you know you're it'd be I see how a progressive person would be like oh you're indoctrinating yeah. them in the guns at a young and that's age. The thing is it making like, them violent exactly. And at what point can can one side look at the other and say, okay, look, you don't have to have your friend, you know, your eight year old in a G string. Wear it with a bunch of dudes in leather. You don't have to do. You can talk to them about, hey, you know, if you want to get into how sexuality differs and how you know this is, and this is, it's okay to feel this way and this and that, and this is how mommy feels, or this is how daddy feels, or anything like that. Hundred percent, great. You know, same thing with. I should be able to take my kid to a shooting range without getting looked at like I'm, you know, Adolf yeah, Hitler. Yeah. So it's like, at what point are we gonna like? Look, try to find the best in what people are doing instead of the worst. And also, at what point are we going to stop doing stupid fucking things like putting our kids in gay pride parades and, you know, letting them mow down, you know, targets of, uh, you know, drawn Middle Eastern people at a shooting range, you know, because I've seen that, too. So it's like, at what point are we going to stop doing stupid shit? So, you know, like I said, the the, the, the rational people can live in, in, in harmony with each other. I think this is one of the reasons why people fight so much and the fact that we are kind of divided in that with... Mm-hmm. The laws also don't help because if you think about it from that aspect where you said walking in a parade, you know, a kid might be eight, maybe seven, six, nine, whatever. It's 10 and younger. That's still young. You know, you're younger than a teenager or whatever. But you're walking next to basically naked people, regardless if it's man or woman, doesn't matter. 
but yet that's not something that's questionable in some people's minds, but yet this person's outside of a bar at two in the morning and they piss in the woods Mm -hmm. and it's right there around a bunch of adults because they all have to be 21 to be at that bar. No kids in the area and they get registered as a sex offender the rest of their life because they took a leak. That that is my main issue here is that you're not... Like that ties into all this. You're putting a kid in a situation where... And look, we got into this a little bit last time, the last podcast, as far as, you know, pedophilia being not on the rise, but being more slowly being more okay of like not not okay but no, let's, certainly not okay let's well, no, i think I mean, right now we're in, we're starting to get into the phase of let's listen let's let's start okay. to listen let's okay. li- let's entertain it a little bit just to see what these people are thinking and you know at some point you've got to draw and and and, and like we said i tried to make clear in the last podcast i'm in no way associating pedophilia with homosexuality homosexuality and these gay pride parades at all I'm just talking about we're talking about having kids in a sexualized situation. Just as if you were gonna take if I, kids, if I was yeah. gonna take my kid to a strip club, you know, it's yeah. the exact same thing. When you are putting a kid in that situation in an environment where, you know, all of a sudden you can't you know, we're in an environment where you can't tell anybody anything. I can't tell you how to live your life at all. And that's starting to trickle down to our kids, you know, to what point it's like, well, you know, like you were talking about the age of uh like understanding being like four or five or something. Well, Pretty soon, are you going to be able to tell an eight-year-old kid what he what he can and can't do with an adult if he consents? Like, at Not what the point, way we're going? Yeah. At yeah. what point do you yeah. what, at what point do you say a child is smart enough to be able to consent to do it? Be in something like this? True. I mean, t- personally, kids are suing their parents yeah, right now. I don't. So, I don't. Th- I mean, I'm sure that this, the, uh, if if you know this these these kids, this kid that was in this gay pride parade, he, you know, just being that age. If you look think back to the memories you had at that age, they're all kind of snapshot, fuzzy. Ninja Turtles and yeah, sports. you remember, I mean, I you re- yeah, yeah, you remember little snapshots and things like that of your life back then. You don't. So he's probably not there thinking, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm progressing the gay agenda right now." He's probably right. there having a great time, getting attention, having fun like an eight year old. He's yeah. just having a right. It's a different, colorful, a very parade, yeah. different yeah. type of fun for him. Right. And now, does that mean that kid's gonna grow up to be, you know? A loon? Of course not. But it's like, at what point do you trust? Do right. you trust that kid, his developing his brain, to process yeah. this? I yeah. mean, you're you're putting a lot on his plate. You're putting the you're putting a pro- the progressive agenda on his plate, and you're expecting him to just be able to understand it and conform to it. And the kids, you know, the kid wants to play with toys, right? And that's like I said, we we get so, to a certain point where we yeah. take the politics out of it. At what point in a human mind? Are certain things damaging and not damaging? I mean, like, yeah. What the hell? Talking back to the, and I'm sorry for monopolizing. This real, quick. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna concede here. Real quick. But going back to like comparing it with the church thing, even you know, in in defense of the church, at least most churches, that's why there's Sunday school. It's so you don't put the eight year old kid in the service right. where he hears about eternal damnation yeah. and you know, uh, prostitution and slavery and all these things that we have to wrestle with in the Bible. They don't need to hear that. So they're right. going to go in their Sunday school and they're going to learn about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and loving your neighbor and loving all everybody of every color in the world. They're going to learn things that kids should be learning in that subject. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like – I'm not saying, well, you know, the church is doing it wrong and the gay movement's doing it – I mean, it's doing it right and the gay movement's doing it wrong. But it's like, okay, at least, you know, the, the church has somehow figured out that kids – can still learn and appreciate something, but they don't need to, you know, every, nobody, you don't have to start out in college when you're learning something. You can start out in a kindergarten level, even as an adult, if you're going to learn something new, you don't just go right to college calculus. You know, you start with 
addition and subtraction metaphorically. Well, yeah, but isn't that kind of the basic idea of what they're trying to do with a lot of these marches and say that, hey, we're all the same. Look, I can't. Pe- pe- people have their own thoughts and opinions of what they want that's, in life. But that's what but, I was saying earlier. Is I can't. First of all, I can't speak to what they're saying, but I can say this. Like to me, now look, they may have already had these talks with their kid. I don't know, but it just seems like. I don't know. It just seems like that's kind of a big, it's a big assumption to have a kid of that age in an environment like that. No, but I'm not, I'm not even talking him, like the parents taking the kids to the march even yeah. so much. It's just the idea of the march is that, hey, there are people out there who maybe are different than your your standard, you know, Absolutely. man and woman, yeah, if you want to take religious course, kind of person. I, like, I would say if you're going to take your kid to a, a, a march, something like that. It's no different than going to a, you know, your 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 Labor Day parade. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're gonna see you're gonna see some some weird stuff, but that's well, all. I mean, that's all. Hopefully, the weirdness is not, all relative. Hopefully, if people you know. aren't running around half naked yeah. in the streets. It would be that's, weird that's, to that's a midwestern a midwestern boy like myself, you know. But like to you know, you go spend some time in the city for a little while, and all of a sudden, nothing's weird anymore. Yeah. You know. So it's like I mean, th- those people are relative. no different than us. They yeah. just they just. Like so, do like, different things. I like just Cody pe- said with yeah. the educational from the NRA aspect because he would see that because you know that stuff too. You know, yeah. you, you, like that's also an educational thing if they take them to the parade. Again, you don't have to go and march in the parade and do all that stuff, but you can learn and do the educational aspect of it by sitting on the sidelines and watching or whatever else. Or even if you want to participate, participate. That's fine. But you can also learn something like what you're saying. Yeah. As long as. At what point, again, we come back to this, is it cool for that little kid to be running around with a bunch of naked adults? I mean, that's just... And at what point are you using your child right. to, to progress your agenda? Yeah. Is I mean, that kind of where you were... I mean, a lot of that, I feel like right now, like, the way this conversation is going, like, it reminds me a lot of, like, what's on television and it might not be good for kids. Like, because I, I know that the... <clears throat> He was comparing it to religion, and you see shows out there like the drag queens. I'm sorry, I can't think of the name, but there's a few of them out there. And so these kids watch these shows, you know, and that's what... They do it, but you don't see many shows like as far as like the religion based, like you're saying. Like, yeah, I mean, you can find it, kid. you know, it's yeah, there, you can find but it, it's yeah. Hidden, you know, those channels, and usually those channels are skipped over very mm-hmm. quickly because oh, yeah. it ain't as entertaining no. to a kid as, as these like colorful, you know, people with these big hair and all this. Because mm-hmm. kids like they love stuff of like course, that, yeah. the eccentric, yeah, yeah it's fun. It's Their different. imagination is, yeah. yeah, that 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 seems like a cartoon to them, so they get into it, you know. And that's different than with a uh, church, and that's maybe it just has something more to, more to do with, it, I think, like media itself is more progressive based i mean i've, I've brought yeah, this up oh, numerous yeah. times it's like one of my favorite shows ever is smallville and I, I love that show and i've watched it so many times it's <laughs> kind of ridiculous and and i love that specifically for one big reason is i love the fact that there is like a a family values you know like center to the whole show because you know, the whole show is about you know Clark Kent developing and becoming Superman, becoming the man he needs to become to save the world and all this kind of stuff. Right? I know it's all make-believe and stuff, but there's a lot of analogies we can draw with regular life. But I love the fact that there is his parents, you know, Jonathan and Martha Kent, you know, who are there to love him and, re- and help him develop and do those kind of things. And I, and, I, and I dig the fact that there's like a strong male role model and also a strong female role model where they play together and they both have their strengths and weaknesses and that's kind of how that works. And and they're together as like a family atmosphere. And I, and I love that because most TV shows you watch, like the guy's a doofus, right? The mom's running everything. The kids are lawless and running around and doing everything. And they're not doing the right things. And that that's just like how Hollywood writes, you know, a lot of these kind of TV shows. That's just, yeah, I mean, there's, that's just how it is. Yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's uh, those, you know, they have to appeal to the, the, the different markets. And to be honest, I mean, you know, like, 
the the if you're looking at you want a comedy something that people are going to laugh at you're probably not going to go with the wholesome you know family stuff but i i think that stuff needs to be available yeah. you know what i'm saying people there are people that um you know like to consume content that reinforces their worldview i mean it's okay obviously you want to be open minded but there you know it's it feels like you know there's no crime in going back to what makes you happy and looking for stuff that you know yeah, I, I'm open minded to the other stuff. But this is my, you know, this is my lane, you know, and I and I and, and that that content needs to. I see it going away, you know. I see it being less and less. You know, there's less and less. You know, you look at some of these these uh these movies that come out that are aimed at you know the 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 um the Christian uh uh audiences. Like you know, there was just a movie that came out that was um I forget what it was called, but it was basically an anti. It was a pro. It was a pro life movie, and um. Did actually pretty well at the box office its first week, but you know it just gets destroyed by critics. Um, it you know it gets it got I think the accounts got take got mysteriously like blocked off of Twitter. You know the movie accounts and stuff like that for time being, and then came back up, and then they lost all their followers, and they got them, and they lost them all again. Like just weird things happening to kind of keep. Here's a conservative movie. Let's keep it out of the spotlight. I'm never really watching those movies myself. I feel like they're kind of corny. They're kind of ham. Ham fisted. I mean, but there me, are, but they're there usually are, as bad as like Hallmark movies. They, they are, but you know what? There, but th- I feel like th- why can't there be a movie for, you know, just the uh, middle Midwest, you know, Bible Belt believing person? Why can't they have something to enjoy too without it getting laughed at and mocked? Just because I don't like it, just because it's not my cup of tea, I don't need to try to shut it down. I don't have to try to cancel it, you know. So I feel like. Um, uh, you know, that, that, that's, it just kind of comes back to everybody just kind of having some respect for some other people and, and unplanned. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Unplanned. Yeah. Um, like I said, never saw it, but, um, you know, just, uh, one of those movies comes out like once, once a year, you know, it's, I don't know if the same company does them, but you know, they're generally, they're aimed directly pretty much at Christians, you know, the, 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 the conservative right. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're just, they're just, uh, the reception, you know, nationally on them is just getting worse and worse. Yeah. And it doesn't have to do with the content of the movie. It doesn't have to do with like, how's the acting or the writing. No, it's just cause it, it's it goes against what somebody else's worldview is yeah. and the agenda that they're trying to push. Yeah. So, so back to like the, the parenting or the, the aspect of that parade thing, is it, is it cool for that? I mean, are we all the agreements or like, what is everyone's thought on that? Like, is it, you should let your kid experience this stuff for the educational aspect or, or go to the NRA marches and things like that. Is that, I mean, I, I, me personally, I think the parenting side of it, I'm saying, I think that kids that age shouldn't be involved in the march. If, if they want to go and be there to support it, regardless of what it is, and we'll watch on this. I, I'm just that that way in general. Okay. Um, Because I mean, I can remember specifically about fifth or sixth grade, you know, being here in town, you know, like in the small you know town of Worcester, Ohio, and I remember sitting up on the sidewalks with uh, like some friends, family, who I was like, I think I was over at their house for the day or the weekend, or I don't remember exactly, but I remember being in town and having like abortion signs, you know, like abortion is bad and it's evil and all this kind of stuff, and I can remember standing on the side of the road with these signs, doing like a little protest or whatever it is you would call that demonstration, maybe. And I remember like thinking like, okay, I've been told all my life this is wrong mm-hmm. and you shouldn't do this and it's murder and yada, yada, yada. You know, you, you've learned all this stuff. And like now as, as I'm an adult, it's like, 
I don't think that was right. Like I shouldn't have been there as, as a child who couldn't have made my own mind of what I wanted to be there and talk about. Cause like I, I am, you know, pro abortion. I think that people have the right to, you know, do that if they want to. Now, granted, I don't think that it should be like your birth control plan. You know, if, if you're responsible enough as an adult to make those kind of adult decisions, then you kind of have some Consequence. you know, consequences yeah. there. But there's obviously, obviously medical reasons for it. You know, because I remember when my daughter was being born, the doctor said, if we have problems, we save a mom or saving the baby. I said, save mom because we can have more babies. You know, maybe maybe that's the wrong decision for some other people's mind. But in my mind, that was I've never met a rational pro-life. That's the thing. I think that whole the whole mother safety thing is a huge straw man. I've never met a rational pro-life person in my life that said, I don't care if the mom's life's in danger. Damn it. You're having that baby. Nobody. Right. I mean, that's that's a straw man. Nobody thinks that. Of course, like if a if if the mom's in danger, you you know, if that's her decision, obviously, if, if she says save my baby instead, I I don't know. Maybe you listen to her. Maybe you still save her instead. There might be people. I, like yeah, that. yeah. But you uh, know, it's like, um, yeah. There, there, that, 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 and you know, is the rape argument also? It's like, okay, now we're getting, you know, now you're getting into a topic where it's like, okay, now, now let's have a discussion. You know, personally, my my in, in myself, I don't feel like a a baby's ever responsible for anybody's actions and how it got here. Right. It's just here. It's not its fault. But you know, that doesn't mean I'm not going to listen to somebody. But you know, if you know people that say, "Well, how can you be pro-life? What if the mom's life's in danger?" It's like, you know, give me the give me a fucking break here. Nobody nobody thinks that. Nobody. You're not going to ever. Okay, I shouldn't say you're not going to ever. I've never met Christian anybody pro-life or otherwise that would say you know, save the baby instead of the mom, you know? Well, back to, back to the parenting aspect of that though. I, I kind of equate what you talked about and what Cody and I actually went through. If you remember back in school, when we were in middle school, they had a high school walkout with one of the teachers that got fired and all the students that loved that teacher lost their shit. They just lost it. They'd mar- planned this whole march and everything. I don't remember his last name. But so they were marching out like in support of this all guy? All the high schoolers were marching out because they fired that guy. They planned the whole thing. There was oh, like okay. ninth grade. Was he like unjust- grade. unjustifiably fired? Or I don't something? remember the whole story. Okay. I was I was in eighth grade. I was in middle school. I okay. didn't give a flying hell, yeah. obviously, <laughs> because I was in eighth grade middle school. I, I, wanted to go out to, I wanted to go out to the back and play football yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. I just want to get out of the room, time. yeah. Well, the more like family and friends that we had, like my, my older cousins that were in there that talked about it throughout, you know, when you're not at school and they were like, Oh yeah, well the March is being planned for this day and blah, blah. And yeah. Okay. We're doing it too. And then we had a chunk of us in middle school that were walking out the doors and teaching us threatening that like, we're going to get suspended and all this and that. Mm-hmm. And if we walked all the way up to the high school and some people did, and it was like that whole rebellious, try to get away from the laws or your parenting thing. And you didn't want to listen to authority and you kind of, you just, like, that's what I thought about when you talked about the parade with the kid in it. We all did that with the the walkout because we wanted to be, you know, kids and not follow the rules and everything and, like, go up to the high school and we're like, should we do it? Should we do it? Yeah, yeah. Like, do kids feel that way? If you, doing, I, can, like, I can tell you exactly right these now. These parades that, and stuff. And, I can tell you exactly right now, talking exactly on that example. Last year, my, you know, my, my oldest son, he was 16, he was a sophomore last year, um, they had the the walkout for after the uh, after the, the Parkland shooting. Okay. And they had you know all over the country everybody walking out all the students you know to protest guns, and you know my and I and my you know my son came to me you know like the couple of days before and he's like he goes so you know we're supposed to you know we're supposed to walk out here and he goes I I don't know if I like I'm not we're not sure why he goes why why are we walking out I'm thinking to myself like okay 
right. how you know I'm feeling like a proud dad. Like here's my kid actually coming and asking, asking, advice, you know, yeah. for something. Wait, wait, so, what's better is actually thinking about it yeah, in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, and I told him, I said, hey, this is the issue. You know, I told, got into the gun things. I, I got into both sides of this is why people are protesting. This is why people are against the protest. Okay. I said, this is how I feel. I said, but you got, you, I said, you're 16. Yeah, this, you can make up your You got to make yeah. your own mind up here on how you feel about this. You got to ask yourself how you feel. But I said this, I said, I said, when you come to that determination, I said, you have to be able to defend it against, you have to be able to defend it. And I said, there's nothing wrong also with not being able to come to that determination yet. You're only 16. But I said, I did say this. I said, if you're going to walk out of your school, I said, you better, in your mind, have a defendable reason why you why you are protesting. I said, I'm not going to – I don't think – I'm not going to tell you you should or shouldn't be. But I'm saying, if you're going to walk out, if you're going to make a demonstration, you better damn well have the knowledge and have done the research right. to so – I said, you're not just – Walk almost like what you say. You're not. I said, don't just walk out of school because your friends are walking out, yeah. and you want to get out there and have a laugh. I said, that's a that's a. I said, there are kids that are dead, and if you're going to go out there and protest in their name, you better damn well, you know, support what that cause is. And as it turned out, you know, he kind of determined to himself, like, well, I'm, you know, I'm pro, you know, I'm pro Second Amendment. Somehow he's pro second. I don't know. I've never had the talk with him, <laughs> but he, he knows I own guns. But we've never Probably got friends. And yeah, I've never gotten into talk the talk like him. I own guns because you know the right. Constitution said it's my right. I've never gotten into. That. I've never had that talk with right. him. Never, never been his business. While I, why I have owned guns. Right. But that was a determination he made. I said okay. I said that's fine. And then I said well. And as it turns out, very, very few students ended up walking out. So it wasn't a big deal. But I, I felt like that was like one of those things where it was like it was a great opportunity. For me to put that pressure on him, like, hey, yeah, you're not an adult yet, but you are old enough to have an opinion. Right. You are old enough to make that opinion known. But lesson number one, if you're going to do something like that, you better be able to walk. You better be able to back it up. You, right. Your words better hold some weight, or else you're just going to be another, well, know, that, another that's, pawn. That's back to what, like, I, I would have walked out like I was like he was saying I, like, back in high school. Yeah, because I was a I kid. I would have walked out. Like he said to have a laugh. Could have been. That. Yeah, if it I wasn't protested that, anything. Yeah, if it wasn't something that was like really i was against mm-hmm. then yeah i would have done it just because everyone else yeah was of course because kids right. are like that yeah you don't want to be the only yeah. kid you don't want to be the only kid not walking out yeah. a weirdo you want to fit in with your friends even yeah. if it's not your views you <laughs> exactly. know because kids are easily you know persuaded to do peer pressure more right. than like an adult like we are now we we take time to form our own opinions on stuff and think about it before we would walk out I like, mean, of work you know some people do but i think most people don't i mean i think a lot of people live in their own little echo chambers because they only subscribe to people on social media to who they agree with mm-hmm. and they, they they don't look at the other side of the argument they don't do the same thing that andrew's doing with his son of saying hey here's the issue here's one side of it here's the other side of it this is what they're arguing about like they're just like no this is bad you need to do this yeah no, that's in this household we support yeah. the second amendment that's that's all people bullshit. are going to say, which yeah. and, and something here is ridiculous because we got a 16-year-old kid yeah. who's trying to make a very big decision of kind of what they believe and why they believe it. But what's 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 big here is the fact that his opinion now mm-hmm. shouldn't be the same opinion a year from now. Yeah, exactly. And more importantly, 10 years from now. Yeah. It's supposed to evolve. That's what I told him. I said, there's, I said there's, no, there's no law saying that you have to have a you, – you don't have to draw a line in the sand right now. You're, you're 16. Right. You don't need to have it. You don't need to draw some line in the sand. I said, I'm 30, you know, I'm almost 40 and I'm I'm still going back and forth on things, changing my perspective. And I think as soon as you stop doing that, then you're then you're, you know, the quote unquote old fogey who, you know, just 
speaks his nonsense to anybody who will listen. Setting his ways. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I don't even think it's the old part because I think some people get so dedicated. Oh, yeah, you can, well, you can become an old fogey. Topics. Yeah, you can become an old fogey at a young age now. Yeah, well, I mean, but, but, but again, I don't, I don't think it's the old part because like they, they just get so stuck in on their their opinion that yeah. now they can't back down and say, hey, you know what? I'm looking at some other things and I, I feel like I was wrong. I need to change my opinion, but they can't do that because right. they've almost died on that hill too mm-hmm. many times. So now they're just all in. And, th- and that's where like things get even more crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to see it. Like, I, you know, when you, when you see somebody, I've seen people on social media publicly come out and say, Hey, I've been looking at this and that. And I'm starting to, you know, think about this a little bit. And, you know, I'm, I think maybe, the, and then, you know, you just watch them get vultured by everybody who used to support them. You know, here's somebody who they start to, you know, all they they, cut, they go on a limb and tell people that their their views are evolving, and the people that used to have their back, you know, whether it be their their followers or anything like that, all of a sudden they're just, you know, they're turning on, you know, they're turning right on them, right. and it's like, you know, you you didn't get you didn't care about this person at all, you didn't care about this person, you cared that their views matched up with your own, and that made you feel good about yourself, right. you know, just. You, you just see it a lot. I mean, it's one of the reasons why I love what you know Jake is trying to do with all this kind of different you know platforms and stuff that you're doing it with. And obviously, we're doing it here on the podcast. Is I love the idea of sitting down, looking at these issues, and realizing they're complex. We're not going to solve anything, right? Right. right? And we're they can go make, to this way and that way yeah, and this way. And we're not here to make anybody else's mind. We I just want to have the conversation because mm-hmm. most people are so afraid to even bring this up. In there, I mean, what do they always say? Like at work. You know, or in social, like at the church or wherever else, they always say, don't talk about religion, you know, politics. politics. Like, like they're always like, don't talk about the important things in your life that actually matter that we should be able to talk about, but no one can talk about rationally because right. they just get so upset and start yelling and screaming at each other. And I other. work with a lot of parents that I would love to sit and have a discussion like this, where especially some of them have three, four, five kids that I know about that tell me about your stuff so I get this advice and I learn all these things before I ever become a parent so that I can kind of know the do's and the don'ts just like anything like when you get married and all these other stuff like i've finally learned these things because i've done it myself listen to the people that are giving you the advice but if you listen to them talk during a normal work day or something about c-span that they watched or whatever and then you kind of get their where their views are and they just fucking follow the stuff that i got away from where it's spitting out everything that's off the radio or the tv that they've heard and it's the same old same old stuff and you're like how the hell are you a parent and you listen to them just fucking run their mouth all day at work, and you're just like, the shit that comes out of your mouth, all four or five of your kids are going to be exactly like you, or all ten of your kids, or whatever the hell, or three or two, or whatever. And it's like, is there any other difference of opinion in there anywhere between either parent or from you ever about your kid being open-minded, or are they just little mini versions of you? And that it baffles me, because I want to learn all this stuff before I ever have children that... I mean, you got to mix it up or what? You're going to get different. You're going to get a different perspective from every person that you talk to as far as, you know, the right and wrong way to parent. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you know what? It's just human nature. Like, there is no no getting around the impression that a parent's going to have on their child, you know? And I think, you know, when you're looking at it either from a religious point of view or, like, you know, this gay pride position point of view, it's easy to look at that and say, man – you're fucked up now. You're fucking your kid up, and your fucked up kid's gonna fuck up my kid. You know he. You know I. Now my kid's gonna have to coexist with your piece of shit when they get older, and you're just ruining the planet. Uh, and you're, everyone's thinking about that about each other, right? And it just kind of comes down to what a situation I was in last night. I was at a friend's 40th birthday party out in Akron. Probably 60 people there. Huge, you know, just a huge get together. 
And I realize, you know, as I'm talking to one of my friends, like I probably have, I probably share political views with maybe 2% of the people in this room. You know, it's just, it's just what, not my crowd when it comes to, right. you know, I generally have more uh, fiscally conservative views and stuff like that. My, you know, these, this was a party probably full of, you know, it was progressives, democratic socialists, stuff like that. But man, I'll tell you something. I had an absolutely fantastic time and um, had conversations with these people that I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, if we were on social media, who knows what type of back and, bickering back and forth we would have gotten into. You know, who knows what worst parts of ourselves we would have let come out. But it's like when you're in real life, when you're around these people, yeah, that stuff doesn't come up. You're right. there. You're enjoying each other's conversation. You find relatable things to talk about. You share a laugh. Right. You know, and it's like. That's how society yeah, is supposed like, to I don't, be. Right. I don't need to sit here and think about what this person thinks about, you know, uh, this or that. It's like, this is, here's, a, here's a person. He's got kids. I've got kids. He's married with a job. I'm married with a job. He's got a mortgage. I got a mortgage. You know, it's like when we just start talking about being, you know, well, not really young adults anymore, but middle age, you know, just kind of going through life. And you just realize, man, it, it's just it, at the end of the day, it just doesn't. All well, that bullshit doesn't matter. It only it only matters if you go out of the way to make it matter. I might have been I might have been that way when I was younger. Where again, like we talked about before, <clears throat> I was more set in my ways on certain until I started getting older, learning more stuff, getting more open minded, all that. Like I've had conversations with coworkers or family and friends outside of you know doing something like this where we know this is a set discussion. Where we want to sit and talk about these topics. Where after something I said. I'll make a comment and they'll say, you know who the people are with the greatest parenting ideas? The ones who don't have kids. I hope, God, you never have kids one day. And I'm like, why? And they're, like, you know what? Because you're going to ruin your little shits. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even have fucking kids right now. Why are you screaming at me already? So there is a there is a big problem with parents who there's like this. They, they look down on people without kids. Some, you know, and it's sometimes sometimes I find myself struggling, like, you know. Oh, you think you're, you know, they'll post a picture with their, you know, their two dogs and talk about, you know, how rough their life is. And I'm like, you don't know shit, you know, with your little, you know, your dogs. <laughs> right. Those aren't people. What do you know? Right. And it's like, what, like, what, what, what positive thing am I bringing to the world with that stupid mindset of just trying to belittle somebody because their life doesn't match up with mine? Like, right. what type of small, simple minded well, shit is that? Like Cody said, he grew up with the family life on the farm and all that. And like, you're both your parents and then step parents or whatnot. Or the step- I had, we had both my parents, my parents both had kids before they met okay, each other. Okay. Right. So they're half. I'd have so you had th- a big mix. Yeah. I had three yeah. half sisters for my mom's yeah, same first marriage. Here, and then my right. dad had a son before he met my mom. And then they had me and my brother, but you had all that mix though. Yeah. And that's yeah. what like, I don't, I like, I have a dog, but I'm not sure if I want kids. Like, mm-hmm. even though, cause I, I've been around kids a lot. I have like 11 nieces and nephews. I know how much work it goes into having a kid. And at right. this point in my life, I don't know if I want one right now. Maybe down the road, mm-hmm. I'll be, that's what I want with my life. But mm-hmm. it's a big commitment. It yeah. ain't just, you have this kid and then a lot of people I feel like they have like, oh, I want to have a kid. And then they don't realize it's 18 years and it's a lot of work. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a forever. lot. It's a lot right. of work. It's not like having a dog, like, oh, you got to walk your dog. Like you shouldn't <laughs> treat your kid like a pet, like we're, all right, I'll take care of you, I'll feed you, and I'll play with you a little bit. But there should be, you know, more with a kid than, you know, like a pet. Then it's just, uh, that's a big commitment. And I've seen it done right, and I've seen it done wrong. And, you know, some people, like, they they have these kids, and then all they do is work, and they don't really watch them. They pass them off in babysitters. And my sister, it wasn't her fault because she had to work a lot as a single mom, but 
she was like that. She never saw her kids much because she worked so much. Yeah. They were back and forth between babysitters and my mom, and they spent a lot of time at our house with me and my mom because she uh, had to work all the time to support her three kids that she never got time to raise them, actually, because she was a single mom working. And those kids, you know, they were, it was hard for them to adjust till later on in life. I noticed watching them grow up that they adjusted better when they got in a family setting. My mm-hmm. sister remarried, yeah, and they had a stable home and stuff like that, and they were around their mom the more that they developed better. Instead of being bounced around, yeah, living off fast food and stuff like that. I mean, when you bring that up, I mean, one thing that you know, I've been one thing I will kind of say here definitively. I know we haven't said we purposely not said a lot of definitive things here because it's you know it's not that type of topic. But I will say that I feel that regardless of sexual orientation of the parents, I feel like a child needs a a man and a woman in the house, and you can call me old fashioned. They said it's statistically proven. Yeah, you can call me old fashioned if you want to, but it's like. Look, I don't want to get into what I do for a living, but I've seen I see the difference between right. a single parent household and a household. Even if the dad is a relative piece of shit, I mean you you've got to have I, I and of course I've got you know reasons for leaving how why it's set up this way as far as um you know just my faith and stuff. But like that, I, you don't I don't I don't feel like you have to have any type of you know belief in anything to just see the benefits of. A you know in the and not only to see the benefits but to acknowledge the differences between a, a mother and a father. Right. Like I think now I think right now everyone wants to be like, well, a mom can do everything a dad can do, and a dad can do everything a mom can do. Bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, maybe physically a mom can get their kid dinner and a dad can get their kid dinner, but there are things that a kid like my four year old son right now. There are times when he absolutely you know he'll hang around with me, we'll hang out all the time, we'll be having a great time, but then he'll he'll need his mom, he needs his mom time. You know, because there's, there's just a feeling of security and stuff that he gets with his mom and talking to his mom and, that he can't have with me. Right. Um, and that's just how it you, that's just how it is. You, you, you're not going to convince me that um, either way, either a single dad or a single. Now, I know what happens sometimes. It's just a lot of times it's unavoidable, Matt. You know, you're divorced. It's unavoidable sometimes. Sometimes it happens. But I think you'll be the first to agree with me that had you been able to write, write how the your future would play out, you 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 know that you're. Uh, that a man, you know, a mother and a father, I think in my opinion, you know, it just has an undeniable effect, positive effect on a child. I mean, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. And I know that a lot of people that I know feel a lot of the same way, Mm -hmm. but I'm not so sure that I completely agree. Now I do, I do believe that kids need a good, you know, female and male role models in their life. They need that. They have to have that. I don't think they have to be in the same household. Because unfortunately, I've not gotten to do that. No, with, yeah, with my I'm daughter. Not, yeah, yeah, I'm not even. I wouldn't even necessarily say that there has to be a time quotient. <laughs> there has to be a accessibility. Yeah, there, your daughter has to know that she can call you at any time yeah. and, and I, talk I, to her dad. And I think that's important. That's but what I'm talking for, about. Yeah. For single mothers, I think that that male role model could come from you know somebody at a local sports team or a local church or. Or, or whatever it, it doesn't yeah, matter. Well, yeah. I, I think that's that the principle of, of like the big brothers and stuff exactly, like that. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of that stuff I agree. is good. But yeah. to me, the most important thing with kids is they need time mm-hmm. and they need love. Exactly. You have to love the kids. Now, me personally, I believe in you know a husband and a wife and all this kind of stuff. No, granted, I think people can do whatever they want to. I don't yeah. give a shit. They, they 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 can love whoever they love. That's fine. But to me, it's like if you're gonna be a husband and wife and you're gonna have kids, is I believe that the most important thing you can do for those kids is love each other. Yeah. And I, I, unfortunately, you see lots of stuff all the time. It hurts my heart to see. You'll see these memes posted out like, you know, like women love your kids because your man's going to leave you and he's a piece of shit and yeah. all this kind of <laughs> stuff. And, and you see him vice versa, mm-hmm. you know, like, unfortunately, it's, it's, 
It's just the case. But I feel I, like that's the scorn mothers and fathers right there. Uh, though, there's there's lots of yeah. pain there. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people, unfortunately, nowadays grow up in broken homes. I mean, yep. my, my parents are getting ready to celebrate their 40th wedding anniversary, and I don't know many people crazy. who can say that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, but I believe personally uh, that that a mother and father, the best thing can they they can do for their kids is love each other. Because if if the kids know that mom and dad love each other, that's what makes them feel safe. Right. Well, and, yeah. I, I grew up in a divorced home. Same. And my father, my real father, wasn't there. Mm-hmm. We only got to see him every couple weeks. The stepfather was there, mm-hmm. but it depends on how your kid takes to that. Yeah. Step parents are all different. I mean, step parents yeah. are great. Obviously, if you get older, you might build a relationship more with them. But when you're younger, you look at them kind of as a, oh, that's just mom's boyfriend or that's just the fake dad or whatever. Where it's, it's not like, the same. It's just no. Isn't. And then you don't, you might not take to them and you might not have, again, that male role model or that male leadership there that you want that one to take you out and tie a tie for you, show you how to drive a stick, shoot a gun, you know, go do manly things, do chores around the house, fix certain things, stuff like if you don't have that in your life. If your mom doesn't show you that, and you only see your dad every once in a while, like you're never going to learn that stuff. I'm like, crap. I feel like my I've never had a dad in my life because yeah. even when I did see my dad, he was working or we were doing something else, like playing sports, trying to have some fun while we're with our father. That's what I grew up in. So it's it's like you do need that. Yeah, I got from so, my father was work, like you know, encouragement, which like what a parental. You know, the father role should be in a way is the moms protects you and takes care of you. And the mm-hmm. dad should be to encourage you and better you, like push you out in the world. If yeah. you think about animals, same way, like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the dads whatever teach the kids after they get so big. But my dad was just like a worker. So it's like I never spent much time having fun with my dad. Right. It was my dad worked. He came home and I had a list of what I had to do. He'd come home and we work and we go sell it. And But you also worked on a farm. And, a and farm, that's, yeah. that's what you do and to we had And we had play. Like we would go on vacations a couple times a year. And that was like the play, you know. But like when we were home, it wasn't like, you know, like I don't remember much like playfulness with my dad. Like when I was real little, yeah. But then once I got like probably about seven or eight. Then when I was able to start taking on chores and all that, it was more responsibility for my dad and stuff yeah. like that. Like you need to get this done or else. Like See, I like you what know. you said that there because in my experience it was I was playing with my dad when we were on the weekends because we were trying to have some fun when we yeah. see him for a mm-hmm. few days. And then when we were back with mom, we didn't have that like dad instilled the work, you know, you'll get your ass beat if you don't listen to dad because you don't look at mom the same way you look at dad. Same, if, same way. If yeah. mom threatens you to do chores or whatever else and I'm going to whoop you, you're like, ah, mom's going to whoop me. If dad's going to whoop me, like, fuck, I better watch out. <laughs> oh. We talked about this and like it, it, it's kind of I feel like it's a little bit opposite in that, that aspect where we're all different, obviously. Yeah. But like I didn't fear my mom the same way I did my dad, even when we saw him on the weekend because mom would tell dad the same kind of shit that she was hearing from us at school. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'd get it both ways. Oh, yeah. When my, like, when my mom said, oh, I'm telling your dad the next yeah. time, you know, you, uh, I would be – it would ruin the rest of my time. Yeah, so you get, the, you get the beating or whatever, yeah. the, the spanking from your mom, and you're like, oh, pff, yeah. okay, that's over Just don't now. tell dad. Just don't and tell him. when we go to hang out with dad, we're expecting, yeah, play, and it's the weekend we get to see dad, and then – Bam! Yeah, like, oh, heard about fuck. what you Mom did. Told him, yeah, <laughs> yeah. like shit. And, like, See, I didn't get much discipline from my father. My yeah. father, he did like the work and stuff like that. But like, it was you know my my mom had to tell him like you need to tell these boys to do that. Oh and, like, yeah. My, but my dad would come to me and be like, just do it to shut her up like, a little bit. <laughs> but it, my, you know, like because he like was because yeah. he's busy doing his other stuff. But like my mom was the one you didn't want discipline you because 
she'd go out there and be like, go pick a switch off the tree. Yeah. Then we had a willow tree. Yeah. And if you didn't pick a good one, she'd tell you, like, you don't want me to pick it. Because <laughs> yeah. she'd go out there right. and pick the whip. Yeah. I remember and my she'd mom go for your legs and everything. Oh, like, yeah. my mom was the, my dad never really, like, physically punished us. It was more take things away from us yeah, because yeah. we didn't listen to my mom. And yeah, stuff. but yeah. there's obviously different kinds of discipline. Cause yeah, your, your that's dad what they were, did, they you. had different ways of discipline. Your dad did teach you a lot of discipline of, of going, like working on a farm, like getting up early, working hard. You're working all day. You're working late in the evenings and you're going to go to school and do your activities, you know, do all that kind of stuff while you've got chores to do. Like there's a lot of discipline in that that you can take for the rest of your life. It doesn't need to be like physical, like punishment. Yeah. Kind of discipline. Right. And that's what I feel like I had a lot different childhood than most of people our age. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. my parents were so old when they had me. Like okay. my dad was 48 when he had oh, me. Oh, okay. Wow. My mom was 39 and they already had all these other kids. So yeah. I was the baby. And by, I feel like a little part, a little part of them were almost like done raising kids by a certain <laughs> point where they let me get me and my brother get away with a lot because they both already had raised other kids that were teenagers yeah. before they, before they met each other. <clears throat> that's very common. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, the they, first kid it's, oh my God. And like, you have like the perfect little baby book and you got all the pictures and you do all this kind of stuff. And then by like kid three, like, yeah, they'll survive. Like, I can they'll, they'll that. figure it out. <laughs> it's 100% correct. That's, that's, that's my just older how it works. siblings tell me all the time. They're like, you guys had it so easy. So good. You know, yeah. cause yeah, like, you know, mom and dad chilled out a lot by the time they let you get away with a lot because they're just like oh whatever and our parents trusted me and my brother with a lot of responsibility at a young age like which I don't see anymore with kids in this generation is they would go on vacation and they left I remember they had death in the family and left me and my brother home alone he was 13 I was like 10 10 and they left us home for a week and like other people we could call come check in on us but we took care of like the farm and everything and I don't see many people today that would leave their 13 and 10 year old kids alone at home with no adult supervision. Yeah. But I'll go ahead and say that was probably very common 30 to 40 years ago. Yeah. Like, I'm sure kids could run the farm. Yeah. And that's that when we stuff. had a good structure. Like, me growing up, too. Like I said, I had older siblings that we always were phone call away if we needed help. Me and my brother like, hey, uh, the cattle are out. We need oh, help yeah, or something like true. that. So it's like, you know, as long as we had, they would, you know, we had food and everything else. It was fine. Like, but, and I see my, even my, like, sisters with their kids, they had, like, babysitters up to, like, 14. I'm like, don't you remember how we were? Like, you know, and it's yeah. just, it's a different time. I guess kids are. Especially even I see it with my nieces and nephews, they're not as mature as like I feel like we were when like growing up on the farm and stuff because they don't have that more of responsibility thrown on them. Like, Absolutely, and I yeah. think I think that's like a, a big problem that a lot of parents do to their kids. Like they take away their chances to grow and become like young adults. Granted, they're not adults yet. Yeah. I mean, what is it? People always say nowadays like their brain's not even like fully formed until they're like twenty five or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I mean, I can remember. Like, how different I was from, like, 16 to 18 years old to the fact that I was, like, in my mid-20s. I yeah. was such a different person, you know. But it's – I mean, but nowadays, well, you're, you're right. I mean, kids just – I mean, you literally have babysitters coming over because, like, oh, they're they're 13 years old because they can't stay home for a couple of hours while mom and dad go out on a date night or yeah. they go for a work party yeah, or something be- like that. And it's like, that's kind of ludicrous. I remember being 10 years old and staying at home. Like, it was no big deal. I mean, like that's I find that's one of like the, the the toughest balancing acts, especially as my kids are getting older. You know, there you you have that I have that natural instinct to kind of like keep them in a bubble. You know, it's like keep them away from from harm, but at the same time, it's like I know that that that's not doing them any favors at all in the long run. So like with my kids, especially with my you know my older son um, who's seventeen now, and he just you know he just got his license a couple weeks ago. I, I am more than happy to keep piling on the responsibility on him. And I've told him that too. I said, you, you, if you remain trustworthy and you keep making smart decisions, I said, then, then the, the, the responsibility and the privileges are only going to increase. I said, as soon as you lose, start to, if you lose that trust, so then it goes back, it goes back down to zero and you got to re-earn it again. 
But, um, you know, that's like one of those things. It's like you've got to you've got if I were to just keep him sheltered and say, well, you're not going anywhere unless this or that is like then I'm, I'm, I'm really what, what am I teaching him when he as soon as you know, I've only got him for a couple more years. What's he going to know when he gets out there? So, you know, I feel like if I know where he's going, if I know who he's with. I have to have that. I have to have that faith. I have to know in the back of my mind that if he's dead set on disobeying me, if he's dead set on making a horrible decision, there's not a damn thing I can do about it. Now, first of all, right. he's a kid. Yeah. He's going to. Yeah, yeah. but you, know, you can't stop so, it. So, like, if that's if that's if he's going out on a mission to go make bad decisions, then the best I can hope for is that he comes back safe at the end of the night. And you know, if there's a lesson to be to be learned, hopefully he learned it. But it's. You know how many things have we? How much should have we gotten into that our parents still to this day don't know about and never right. will know about? Right. So it's like you have to. I have to have that mindset that I am not <clears> going <throat> to be able to police this. I'm going to have to give up control. I've got to relinquish control a little bit at a time. You know, and and to be honest, I thought it was going to be hard, but it's it's honestly a pleasure to do it. It's a pleasure. Uh, you know, I've got pretty good kids, but it's a pleasure to give him. You know, to continue to pile on this responsibility of you know letting him take the car and then letting him you know drive out to here or there, letting him go a place with his girlfriends. You know, with his girlfriends, with his girlfriend, he's not, he, he's not that awesome. Um, but you know, it's to me, it's like I can. To me, it's almost like a pat on my own back. You know, you kind of sit back and you're like, "That's right, I raised my kid good enough that I can send him out into the world and he comes back safe." And, That's how it's supposed you to know, work, and it's a great feeling. You you can't shelter your kids, yeah. and people nowadays, the helicopter parents, so to speak, they try to do yeah. that. They try to just. Keep them in a bubble their entire lives and never let them experience anything or think for themselves or do anything else. They want to just hover over them and just take care of their little babies. And it's, right. mm-hmm. I remember hearing in a podcast a couple of years ago from Doug Larson, the Barbell Shrunk podcast. He said, you know, it's like, we're not raising kids. We're raising adults yeah. who are going through childhood. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to treat them as such. Now, granted, obviously, when they're children, you have to be there to nurture them and take care of them and love them and do those kind of things because they can't support themselves. Mm-hmm. It's not like... They're six. Okay, now you're all right, buddy. Get out there in the real world, yeah. get a job, and get your own house. Like, no, you don't do that. But yeah. you're obviously trying to raise responsible adults. Yeah. You that, teach them a little bit at a time. Absolutely. You know, just yeah. small. You know, that's what I'm saying. You got to start. You got to start small in everything. You've got to start small. And I think that come coming full circle back to that parade. You know, unless you've had extensive conversations, I just don't. I, I just don't see it being a responsible. You know. It's too much. It's too overwhelming for an eight-year-old brain. I agree. You know, and if, if and I know we haven't even gotten into this yet, but like you know, there are people that are literally medically and chemically transitioning their children at that age. So now, it's I mean, ludicrous. It's so, just ludicrous. So now you're talking about now. Now I will. Now I will come and say to you, no. Right. Now I am going to say you're not going to pump an eight, an eight-year-old kid full of chemicals. You know, a kid. Right. You got you got kids when they're eight year olds. They want to be astronauts. Right. They want to be you know they want to be president. They want to be fucking Batman. Okay. <laughs> if a kid wants to be a girl. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He might that he may maintain that feeling all the way up until he can do something about it and do something about it. That's fine. But you're not going to tell me that when your eight year old kid says, "I feel like a girl. I like wearing pink." You're going to start injecting them full chemicals. Right? No, see, this you. is this is something that was brought up when Cody originally started talking about this, and this is what I like about it because the parade started it all, and then we got into talking about this. The book I'm reading right now is The Coddling of the American Mind. Yeah. It's how good intentions and bad ideas are setting up a generation for failure. He was talking about that, like we were just talking about the hormone stuff there, where we were discussing that a little bit. Yeah. That's what made me think about all this because I'm reading no. about this in this book, and this perfect topic – you know, we just all this stuff just it all came yeah. together at this perfect time. You know, I, like, I mean, I, I hope for any you got to let your kids yeah, go fuck up I, so they learn stuff. If I ever told any of you guys for any reason whatsoever <clears throat> that I'm taking my 11 year old daughter to the doctor 
to get filled with hormones. For whatever reason, I hope you guys would kick the shit out of me. Right. I, I hope you would tie me to this chair and kick the shit out of me. Because there's a point talk where some it's, sense into me. There's a point when regardless it's, of what it was it's for. It's like at what point is that child abuse part yeah. taking effect? You're changing you are their not body. allowing your child to be a child. So taking them to a parade like that started this whole thing where they're walking around or whatever. Yeah, okay, fine. That's not a problem. It might be educational. Maybe that's what yeah. they were really doing. Maybe they, the kid wanted to participate. Whatever. I we mean, don't know that. Participating, stuff. I think, at that young of age, they, they can't really decide that. Because, right. again, again, we've they, talked they think about it's a that. cartoon. Yeah. They think yeah. it's fun. <laughs> but we also need to explain to these to these kids that that's okay. And right. Other people choose to live that way. We need to love them yeah, anyway. We're all different. That's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that whatsoever. Yeah, but when, when you start physically altering no, no, their mind me, or me, their body or whatever. To that me, this one's just... quite simple. It's it's If your little Bobby says, I want to be a girl, you know, and he's eight years old, fine. Right. Let him get dresses. Yeah. Let, him, let him wear pink. Let him grow his hair. I don't care. Who cares? Let him be him. Right. And we should love that little boy. If he wants to be called a girl, uh, why don't we call that little girl for who who they are that's fine but to give them hormones and actually change their genetic makeup like is ludicrous right that's, now that's fucking nazi Germany. if they're 30 years old oh, and, course, and they've yeah. lived that yeah, way yeah. for their entire lives and they want to do it then light it up do your thing right. like i will love you to death that's awesome i was always under the impression growing up in my life that it was like 17, 18, you start to, or 16, 17, 18, 15, whenever the hell you start working, you know, you get the jobs, you start working, you're doing your own thing. Mom and dad aren't hug, hovering over you like we said with the helicopter stuff. You're doing your own independent young adult thing where you're growing and learning this stuff. And then by 18, you get the fuck out of the house. Maybe not everybody's like that. That's just how I was raised mm -hmm. in my experience. So then after that, you start to learn all this stuff on your own. You know, it's like that, that you're off in the world stuff. Well, with like that being brought up with the hormones and all this stuff, like another one of the reasons I shut my TV off 10 years ago, almost roughly, because I got tired of turning on the news and seeing five o'clock in the morning, little Johnny or little Debbie or whatever her name was, was raised by their mom, eight years old, you know, always raised as this gender. Now they think they're a girl, even though they're a boy, they still have the physical parts of it. Play with girl toys, all that wear pink dresses, whatever, because moms push that on the kid. Once a girl bathroom, once a transgender girl bathroom, so now the school is building a bathroom for it. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I mean, What does that do to all the other kids that might go yeah, in that bathroom that are going to be confused as shit? You're ruining everybody else's children because of yeah. something <clears throat> that you pushed on your child. But again, but unfortunately, because some people are so adamant about these kind of things, is that people who feel that way, right. who don't know, really know what they are, what they believe in, or who they are going to be in when they grow up, you know, they don't feel safe going somewhere else because other people are complaining and griping about it. Like, right. in my opinion, if we just love them for who they are and realize that I don't care who's in the stall next to me taking a dump. Like, I don't really care. It's not that big well, of a deal. Right, but when it's the but, children like that and you shoved it down your kid's throat and the entire time you the, they sit down and ask the kid or something, and the kid's like, oh, I don't know. And mom's like, no, he's a girl. Yeah. He's a girl. Mom yeah. said that on fucking TV. That's not okay. Call me a xenophobic, racist piece of shit if you want to because of that. But that's fucking confusing and weird in my mind. Well, I think you need to... You need, mom to just said yeah. he's a girl. Well, you need to separate <laughs> what is... um okay yeah which is you know i just i think it's what we've been talking about if you whatever you want to do with your kid of course you know outside of hormone therapy in my opinion you know that's okay that's permissible you know that's everything's permissible um i'm you know as libertarian as it gets until you start getting into the psychotic taxation of stuff stuff but anyway <laughs> um I, but i also need to, i also think you need to just make a distinction between that and normalizing something at the expense of 
the social norm because I think people right now, when you think of social norm, instantly you become that becomes, uh, you know, that's a triggering type of statement because the social norm has always been, you know, white, middle class, straight, you know, family, kids, house, picket fence, you know, that's been, and, and now that's kind of like now the the progressive culture is now shifting. They want to get rid of these social norms. So I think that, so when you're talking about, yeah, like putting in a whole bathroom and trying to talk to a bunch of first graders about why, over one kid, about why this kid gets to use a special. Now it's like, okay, like, look, you can, something can be okay without affecting the norm. And I know that, yeah, a lot of times, obviously progress is made by at one time slavery was the norm. So obviously you need to shake things up to get rid of that social norm. But it's like, to some extent, it's like, I guess it's just where it just it just kind of all boils down to what we as a society are currently finding permissible and not. I mean, you know, if you we're looking at it now, but I mean, 40 years from now, we could all gather in the same living room and we're going to probably be having a laugh at man. Remember how bad we thought things we remember how bad we thought it was 40 years ago. And who God knows what we're going to be, what type of post apocalyptic, you, you know, utopia or. Whatever we'll be living dystopia. in. Dystopia. Yeah, you, you look like you're thinking over there. What you got going no, on? I was just <laughs> listening. Like, so I don't know what you're talking about because, I mean, I was me personally, like, this is like the best time to ever be alive. So I don't think it's going to be like, no, no, worse I'm, than 40 no, no, years. No, no, no. No, he's just, say, just well, saying. That's, no, what I'm, 40 that's what I'm saying. What kind of stuff are we going to yeah. look back and like, laugh at? Right now, we're laughing. You know, we're talking about this stuff now. Yeah. In 40 years, we're going to even we'll probably be laughing at the thought that, be... we, like, that we were even able to have this yeah. conversation. Yeah. Who knows? There might be. You know, there could we could be getting fined for having this conversation in the future. Who knows? Yeah. You know, you never know. Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. You know, like uh, the bottom lines of like kids. You know, like a lot of times they get confused. They need people to direct them back in. You know, yeah. I feel like you know because they get confused by who they are. You know, and everything growing up, and that's Comes what a, a parent's kid. role is. Yeah. So, you know, in a way to remind them, like you know, it's like oh, you are a boy. So it's like if you keep telling them, oh, he's a girl, he's a girl, then that's confusing mm-hmm. them more, and then. You know, kids are vicious to you at schools and stuff like where if you have this kid who you're sending to school and he's wearing pink and all this, he's going to get picked on and he's going to feel different even more so, you know, than how he is. Like, well, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, because I think in some circles, like if you didn't wear pink, you might get picked on. Like if you that's came true. in yeah. with hey, monster trucks and stuff on your shirt, they'd be like, oh, what's wrong with you? Like you don't like rainbows and unicorns like all the rest of us? Like this is ridiculous. I mean, so it, it depends on your social yeah, circle. It does. It depends on, you know, your uh, social geographic, even where you live. Yeah, You know, for like, sure. you know, if you're like, I was a Cloverleaf, like more of a farmer's type school. But if you go to Medina. It's probably light and day about how they, their progressiveness is compared to 15 miles away. mm -hmm. You know, like the types of kids that you have where something like that would be more accepted there where the monster trucker thing would be more at a farmer's school accepted. You you think that, but you know, Wadsworth, I don't know, Wadsworth's kind of in between, you know, urban and farm, you know, it's kind of, it's gone more urban, obviously in the last 10, 15 years, but you know, it's even there, you know, you know, at high school, you know, in the high schools, you know, my, my kids tell me a lot, you know, just because not that he's making fun, he just, you know, just making observations as far as, you know, you've got, you know, dudes making out in the hallway. And one thing he did tell me about that, whenever there are women, girls making out, dudes making out, he goes, the staff will never correct them. He goes, if you're, if it's, if it's a guy and a girl that starts, if they start to make out in the bathroom, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to get, hey, break, break it up. Yeah. None of that, you know, but he says that he goes, he goes, you know, you had, he goes, he saw the principal walk by two girls in the stairway making out. He said a couple weeks ago, and he goes, the principal did not say a word to that's him. just and, stupid. And, and to me it's like and it's like that make but it's but it's like 
that makes complete sense to me. I said I could have told. I bet I said I could have told you that. Even I just would have guessed because nobody knows how to react to it yet. Uh, nobody knows what the proper well, I, what's the proper reaction. And I think if we're talking about equality, yeah, we don't give follow equal, equality give them e- very give much them equal at treatment. All. Tell them to get the yeah. fuck off each other. Yeah, like don't this, say hey, don't be kissing another girl. Just say hey, it's school. Get the fuck off them. Like yeah. I, I think that's a bullshit statement. Like I think people know exactly how to respond to this, but they're afraid to because they'll be vilified. Exactly. And, and, Which like, is, yeah. So they they don't know. They don't know. Yeah. They yeah, don't want to again, take that chance. This this pulls back down like the kids. It's like these are the rules. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we're not punishing you. You're not yeah. in trouble. It's like these are the rules, and we don't do these things. You know, it's like like Jordan Peterson kind of talked about with the kids. Like how do you have good kids? Like you you have a structured set of rules, and it's okay. So we're at the dinner table. We don't eat. We don't act out. We don't run around and grab things and break them at people's houses. Like you want good guests as kids, all right? It's like so. Like same thing as in high school. Like you don't make out in the hallways. I don't yeah. care if you're a guy, you're a girl, you're a zebra. Exactly. I don't give a shit. Like, like if you want to no, blend in, if you want to be one of, if you want to blend in, if you want to be one of. You know, one of a group, and not yeah. have you know, not be excluded, not be treated differently. Then stop trying to. Okay, this is one. Of, I guess one of my one of my issues. I guess with the with this agenda, and that is, and that is how much I feel like sometimes it's they're just taking like you know a dead fish and trying to just beat me over the face with it to death. It's like, look, I am just like these two girls making on the hallway. It's like. I have no issue if you want to make out with a girl. Right. I have no problem. Right. But don't smack don't everyone in the face treatment. with it's it. It's the wrong time and, and place and for say, it. And say, I not dare okay. you. You yeah. know, I dare you to say something. Look I at, dare you. Look at our society. You know? we, we, give, we give people special treatment all the time. Yeah. And we, we say it while screaming now look, equality yeah, at the and same I, time. And I get of, it. Like, you, you've, got to, you've got to, you know... There, there has to be concessions made for previous wrongs. You know, yeah, there was a time where if two girls were making out in school, they could have been dragged out and beaten to death. Right. You know, that's true. So you, you know that there has to be, there has to be, you know, you've got to right that wrong to an extent. Right. But at the same time, it's like, look, you guys, you did it, man. Yeah. I know that we're not there. Of course, there's always going to be the freaking, you know, Nazi who's going to, who's out there looking to, you know, beat beat somebody down for being homosexual. Of right. course, those people are just like there are people out there that are looking for black people to, right. to mow down or Jews or Arabs. Okay, anybody They're, different. Those than people them. are it's always going to be out there. But like look, that, like yeah. for the most part, like for normal society, you guys did it. You won. Like yeah. you can get married. You can get all the tax benefits. You can get all and and, and it, you as got, they should be. Able yeah, to. I mean, you're any every church I've ever gone to or any church that I would care to go to have a seat. Please right. have a seat, and if and if I'm and if I'm in a church, it's gonna ex- tell somebody to stay away because they came there with their with their you know their partner of the same sex. Yeah, that's gonna be the last time I'm gonna be at that church. What's okay? It's like so. In that sense, look, you guys did it, and we're trying our best right now as a society. We're trying our best to acquiesce to you guys and to right these old wrongs. But at some at some point, it's like stop fucking taking. You know, beat. Stop slapping me over the face with like I get. I respect you guys. I do. You don't have to put an eight-year-old in a g-string on stage to get me to accept it even more. Okay, I already accept it. How do we go about trying to fix this other than just doing talks like this? Doesn't it start with the governmental? I would love that. I would. The the one big thing we have to remember here is that society is very much like the big pendulum, right? And sometimes it's swung over too far, which is like what Andrew was just talking about. Whereas. You know, not too long ago, you're right. Yeah. Like the, these kids might have been completely vilified and exactly. beaten. Or all and you have to acknowledge that. These you two have girls to making that. out. Like yeah. that, that was just not accepted. Whereas is now, we have to realize that obviously that is okay. They're human beings. They can do whatever they want. That's fine. 
there's obviously a time and a place for it. School is not that yeah, time or no. place. When there's so, rules at school, so, so now the pendulum has swung yeah. a little bit too far on the other side where yeah. they can get away with it because everyone is too much of a coward to, to stop it and say, no, you can't do that because, yeah. like, oh, well, you're just a uh, you know, xenophobe or this is yeah. a problem. Oh, my God. Well, a teacher especially can lose probably lose their job because if those kids go home, they're like, oh, they exactly. yelled, yelled at me yeah. and Stacy for making out. And then the dad, parents come into school and create a big thing. How dare everything. you? You are a homophobic teacher yeah. to stop them from doing what other kids do. But it's like, no, they no kids are supposed to be making out at exactly. school. But yeah. I can see how a teacher would be like, I'm yeah. not touching that. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not touching that area. Yeah. I love about this is, is like I was saying with the book, when I found out what the term helicopter parent was and I started researching <laughs> that more, um, I was talking with my wife not too long ago, and she has a friend she went out and had some drinks with who is an intervention specialist. Really didn't know what that was. I remember intervention from high school, but then I was kind of talking to her about it. And, like, she's mad right now because all the shit that they're sticking on her at the school. So, like, the intervention is the people mm-hmm. with the LD or the deficiencies in the classes yeah. or the people that – the kids that – have shitty fucking parents yeah, that exactly. don't do anything in their life. And the kid's been in school maybe six days out of the whole year or whatever yeah. it is. So then this person gets stuck with trying to tutor them back up, get them back on the pace and get them back to where they're good. You're shoving all that on this one particular person. Maybe they're so overwhelmed because they have 10 or 20 people. Well, I mean, schooling but, isn't supposed to be about raising our right, children. Right. And it's, it's, it's a start, but parents are supposed to do that at home. Right. But that's what this whole parenting thing is. If you don't, parent at all any bit of your chi- your child's life like what are they gonna what are all the repercussions especially with school because then that might affect the intervention specialist at school could be helping this person who's really at a loss because they don't have a parent they live with grandma whatever they really do have a big deficiency where it's not just their parents suck mm-hmm. she could be working with them more than working with johnny dipshit because his parents don't want to be in his life or they're terrible people yeah but like i started looking more of that stuff up and and like I said, the intervention specialist, the helicopter parents, all these terms, I didn't really know what the hell they were. I found a couple of YouTube videos where look up the 31 most helicopter parents or something like that. They, there's somewhere there, there are the people were going into job interviews with their fucking kids now. Yeah. And then like you hear all these businessmen or like HR people telling their side of the story that they heard like. This person's 30 years old and their parent came in with them. Why didn't they get this job? Or a 16-year-old or 18-year-old. And they're like, no, we just automatically turn you away because your fucking mom walked in and said, can I fill in for him? He's His scheduling conflict didn't work out with your interview. I see that a You're lot. You're not going to get it. I mean, you, that's what well, I mean. It's I real? It, namely, I'll see it more in, in the sense of, um, you know, because it, what I do, I deal with young kids. So yeah. I see it more in the sense where parents will come in, young parents, you know, with their young kids. And then they've got their parent with them, like saying, like, you know, what do I do? How do how do I mom? I need how do I mom here? <laughs> you know, and then she's got to have her. And and let me say this, you know, I feel if, if you have that support system, that's great. There's a lot of there's a lot of these single parents out there that don't even have that. You know, they're right. just they are they're literally winging it. And they pretty much the only and Matt, you made a good point where, yeah, we can't depend on the schools to raise our kids. Sometimes that's the only other recourse a single parent will have is they've got me at home and I'm already working a full-time job. So when I, at the end of the night, I'm not exactly in, you know, a mood to parent to the best of my ability. Right. And then the next day they're at school. So it's like, they are, that's the fact that they're just kind of saying, 
You yeah, but what? some of that is like tough shit. You had the kid. This is your responsibility, and it's, you got to own that's up. That's true, to that. but that's just not. The, it's just I, not the reality. And right. I know, and yeah. I understand that, but it's, it doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be. Yeah. No, but that, I, mean, I just don't know how you get back there. How much know? of that? That's common an excellent sense, question. How much of that common sense and repercussions and consequences thing ties into every little thing we could talk about? Parenting, abortion, all these other topics that it's like. If you'd have thought about it, or you'd have made a decision, and then you'd have accepted the consequences, good or bad, and you'd have moved on, that's learning in life, is it not? Is that not, like... Typically how it works? Yeah, supposed to be. Supposed to be how it works. I mean, we got going on over there? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking up I'm, like, yeah. yeah. It's like calling yeah, yeah, out, yeah. like, let's... Hey. No, I, it's I good was, discussion, right? I was yeah, thinking I mean, about yeah. how my parents, like, were... I was reading what Andy said there about like, his parents, you know, like, you work all day and all that. Like, my parents, yeah. they worked, you know, and they didn't do so much more of the parenting thing but mm-hmm. to them the parenting was they provide me with food yeah they gave me a pur- providers yeah. yeah a purpose like a job to do at home like for the farm to help contribute you know they made sure i had dinner on my plate they made sure you know i took a shower for you know my clothes were clean my mom made sure all that that was her parenting and they i guess in their way on the way they kind of like did it hoping we'd see it and then mm-hmm. reenact it off yeah. of them instead of like where some parents like they have to drill it into their kids like you know with the discipline and all that yeah or and sometimes the kid responds better to that to a, or a, a parent that sometimes talks to him more about you know other yeah. stuff instead of just like hey i'm doing this for you you know and you should watch how i do it so you could do it because i feel like i had really great parents but they weren't like to sit down and talk to you type yeah you know? like how are you feeling you know uh-huh. not like i mean they obviously probably were when you needed that yeah, but they're not going to do that all the time, and, that, and that's one of the great things of having a good support structure. With with you, more likely, you probably went to a lot of your brothers. Yeah, you're like, a- hey, bro, <laughs> like this is what's going on. I'm freaking out. Like, how do I do this? And that because you had that, you know, like kind of role role models in your life, so to speak. Whereas, but if it came down to it, I bet you if you're like, hey, dad, I need to talk. I'm really struggling with this or that. I'm sure he would have dropped what he was doing, sat down, and had the conversation, you know, and like met that need that you had at the moment and then afterwards like okay get your ass out there and go do your chores you know but, yeah but again like what kind of you're saying like they were kind of leading by example yeah more old school and that's yeah. what you know that's the way they, and i agree too that they would have you know if i would have actually brought it up like hey i have an issue they would have talked but you know they weren't uh or some parents are really into their kids emotions mm-hmm. and uh, which is cool too you know in a way that's a different way to raise a person as long as they're There's not no, doing it to manipulate their yeah, kids as yeah. long as yeah well, yeah, it's, you, I just know even for myself, like even with my kids, it's almost like, you know, a sports team where I know that I can approach one kid in a totally different way than I can appro- approach my, my other one. Like I know that my oldest is a lot more, he's a lot more likely to get into like really what's going on inside of his mind, what's bothering him, what he's thinking about. I know that my 14 year old son, you know, it's like prying teeth just to have a conversation with him, you know, so I have to approach him. I got to try to have that bond and to kind of show him, you know, hey, you know, this is how. I got to try to mold him into a man, but I'm doing it in a totally different way in the same house. Still trying to show all the, you know, obviously I love them an equal amount. I would do anything for, you know, all my kids. And, but even just in the same house, just being a couple years apart, I haven't, they're different people. You have totally different brains. So I'm, I'm playing two totally different roles there, you know, but you need to, and cause I, they're different. Yeah. People. And there, and there's things about them that, that, you know, make them so insanely unique that I wouldn't change a thing about them. They're just totally different, you know, like having a sports team, you know, some guys you get in their face, yell at them, tell them what a shitty job they're doing. And that motivates them. Other guys, you do that and they crawl under their shell and, you know, they just totally, they'll, they'll, they'll just totally dismiss themselves. And not even just that. I mean, some people will literally hurt themselves yeah, or they'll to, yeah. to bring down the team because you pissed them off. Yeah. So you have to, 
you've, you just got to learn as you go. Like I know that, I know that if, if, if I get into my one son's face, he's, it's going to hurt him. He's going to be hurt by that. He's not going to respond well to these. I'm not going to, my, I'm not going to accomplish my mission with my lesson that I'm trying to teach him. If I wag, start putting my finger in his face and yelling at him. I know with my other son, I can be a little bit more like speak a little bit more frankly to him, like a man, you know, and kind of, you know, talk to him a little bit more man to man and be like, you know, this was stupid. Let me tell you why this is stupid. And he'll, and the, the dude will sit there and listen like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, I should, this, that, you know, and I'm just, and I walk away from those conversations really impressed. Well, my other son, I know I've got to be more cerebral. He's got to know why he's going to ask me why, why do I have to do this? Why are you telling me this? Why that? And I'm not like, I'm not going to be the type of dad's like, well, cause I fucking said so, you know, I could say that. I could say that. I could get away with that and just walk out of the room and go do whatever it is I want to do. But Doesn't work. Like, what? Well, yeah. I'm, what am I doing there? I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm hurting the situation. I'm hurting my son. So I know with him, if I'm gonna, I've got to come at him with, you know, even though I don't, he's 14. I don't owe him anything. I feel like I know preemptively that he's gonna want to know what's going on here. Why he has to behave like this. And even though that makes me angry, sometimes I'm just like, would you just shut up and listen to me? Sometimes. I know I have to try to be. I try to teach him the the, the why, you know, and the how, it, 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 as much as I possibly can. That way, he doesn't think that it's okay just to grow up and just if you're a man, you can just shout arbitrary things to people and they have to listen to you, you know. So it's that's, not. That's it's called not just, parenting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's like my parents tried to discipline us growing up on the farm, and like we would act out. And we it was kind of a way we could manipulate our parents in a way, and because uh, if we got in trouble and when we got disciplined. I learned after a certain point, like especially after like the last time my dad spanked me at like thirteen, it didn't hurt, and I just turned around like you done. Yeah, <laughs> and he, that was the last time he ever tried spanking me. It was yeah. just like okay, it's, you know, because he wasn't going to hit me. Yeah, full, you know, full on. He tried hitting me <laughs> with his hand, his belt, and he realized this boy's too big that I got to discipline him otherwise. So they would try to be like, you can't go hang out with your friends, oh, you yeah. can't do this. But then I like you know my parents would be like, oh, I need you to do this on the farm, and I learned early on they're like, well, I'm grounded. I can't, I'm not, I can't, I, I, you know, I don't know how I would respond with everybody's parents, yeah. but like, I can't go work in the fields because I'm, I'm, gr- I'm, I'm grounded, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I would put my foot down and be like, I'm not going to go out there and pick your crops if I can't have my freedoms. And then, you know, they would always cave in and like, I remember one time I was around like three days and the first day my dad tried telling me pick all this. I'm like, no, I'm grounded. <laughs> I got to stay in my room and all this. And, and I held my foot down and then he was just like, you know what you do it. Then you can, once you're done, you can go hang out with your friends downtown. <laughs> and I got my way, but it was like, he got his way in a way and it was you know, so it was like, it was parent in a way, like, they taught me that if I want what I want, I have to do what they want. Yeah. You know, type thing. Yeah, he probably, he could have probably just been like, you know, told no. me to shut up and do what I tell you to it. do. But yeah, I, I like that. That's that's totally, I think that good parenting, you've got to be able to meet your kid. And you don't, you don't, you don't acquiesce to them on every, you know, you don't defer to them, but treat them like a person. Because yeah. ultimately that's, you know, that's one of the things I've learned, you know, in my faith and stuff like that is that. These, they're my children, but they're not my property. You know, I'm a steward for, you know, basically I'm, I am, they're under my responsibility until I let them out in, until they're old enough to go on their own. You know, they're not my possessions. They're not my, I'm not defined by what they do or don't do. My job is to support and to motivate and to do as much as I can to get them out and ready. And I feel like if you're just treating your kid like property, like they don't have a mind of their own, then. You're just you're 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 raising a a kid that you know how are you going to be proud of that kid? Some things that are really important for our adult life, especially being in America and being with this diverse, open, 
discussion, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, debating people or whatever. Cody just got a great lesson in adaptability and compromise right there with his oh, dad on that whole thing. Yeah. And boom, that's something you really need as an yeah. adult. I'm pretty sure my dad so. have been like, uh, yeah, we do that kind of stuff so we can eat around yeah. here. Yeah. So <laughs> if you don't want to yeah. eat, my dad would have been the, the guy. Field. My dad yeah. would have plowed the field with me probably right. if I had said that. So, <laughs> so I don't know and how you get away with that. Drug me behind the tractor. And then because he had to do some of your chores with you or whatever, he would have been extra pissed because you should have been just I probably wouldn't be sitting I wouldn't be sitting here right now. I know people I'd be beaten and broken. So Yeah. That's what my dad like said. My dad wasn't the disciplinary too much. Like, you know, he did a little bits, but he got as far as like he knew he needed me and my brother to run that farm. You know, so he understood like, okay, I need to keep these boys happy. Yeah. I can't just be all rod what is it? That's the expression. Spare the rod, spare the child whatever. You can't you can't be all rod and all stick with your kids. You gotta have some goodness to him, you know, rewards to go along with it. I mean, it's it's it boils down to like basic leadership, right? Because like, my dad could have easily been like, "You're going to do it because I said you're going to do yeah. it." Like you said, yeah. And then you know, and and That's this, is my, this boss, is my money. I'm your father. Yeah. I'm supporting you. But yep. he always did like every year we you know we worked on the farm. He would buy us one gift. Like one year was a four wheeler. The next year he'd be like, well, "I'm taking you boys on a cruise," and it was like a little incentive. Like, hey, this is why you're out here. Yeah. yeah. This is why we're doing it. So Hard we work can, paid so off. we can yeah. go do these nice things. Mm-hmm. So you can have nice things. So you can eat and so have you clothes. Can eat, yeah. And go to school yeah. and do yeah, these kind of things. Yeah. Like I didn't realize that growing up that like even when I like how well off my family was compared to even my friends. Mm-hmm. Like I had friends and they weren't as well off as we were. They rented and they were didn't have money, you know, they always had the cheaper clothes and food and all that. And it never struck me as a kid until I got older. How about how lucky I had it that my parents were comfortable. You know, we weren't rich, but we were comfortable. Yeah, we had a nice ten acre farm, you know. And yeah, uh, rich we, is, I, I had rich good, is a relative term, right? Yeah, because but we had but we had good clothes. You know, we had all that stuff. I didn't have the flashiest stuff, but then when I got older, I look back and I was like, you know, I had a lot better than other people. Yeah. You know, and that's what, because my parents probably were such hard workers. Like, that's the reason that, that they were able to provide so much. And they it helped instill me and my brother a little bit. Like, yeah, you got to have them hard, sweaty days to get the nice days. You know, yeah, and that's. For sure. And that's like, you know, parenting without parenting. Because they never really explained that to me as a kid. This is why we're doing it. Like, a little bit like, hey, this is so we can have fun. But it as an adult now, it, it makes more weight to what they were trying to do by you know, like making us do those little chores every day, you know, or even like uh reward system. Like they'd have certain chores. We had a list. And if you wanted to make money to go out and have fun with your friends, there was rake the yard, $2, mm-hmm. do this, mm-hmm. 50 cent. That's how my parents were it's like, clever. you don't, you don't just go ask for money. I'm going to hold there's on a, to there's that a, one. There's a list <laughs> and you, you do those chores. And then I go to my mom and be like, I did this. I did that. I did that. I warned $5. My mom gave me, okay, yeah, she checks. See, I did it. Boom, yeah, here you can go downtown, load on your bike. Here's $5 for candy and stuff. And that's how my parents, it wasn't just, hey, give me $5. There was like, I knew, but they had a system in place. That's like, okay, I knew I could make money by doing extra chores. You know, like go like water it. the garden. You know, that's an extra buck. But you also, so you also had your basic chores you had to do. Yeah, I, yeah. because your your there was family, base, you yeah, there was there. Yeah. yeah, there was the yeah. status quo, the quota. But there was other stuff that was like you know household, just knickknack chores. My mom usually would do or something. My dad would do. It's like you know if we wanted to pick up them chores, we could make a little you know couple. It wasn't ever big money. It was like vacuum to the living room a quarter. You know, like but you, to a kid, you don't need much. Yeah, you don't need much. A couple bucks to go. You know, you get a pop, some candy, and you're riding your bike as a kid. That's you're a rich person. <laughs> Life is all good. Yeah. I'll tell you what, this is probably a good time to wrap this one up. This is a, a lot of fun. So, Cody, thanks for coming back. Oh, back on. I'm coming on the show. Coming on. Appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Hopefully, you had a good time. Yeah. It was, and yeah, as enjoyable. always, boyos, I appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Absolutely. Four different people, four different mindsets. I like it. Go figure. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be back on soon with some nice, interesting new 
controversial topics like we always seem to talk about on these segments, <laughs> yeah. which is eventually our goal is to make everybody who listens to this podcast hate us. We'll just piss so, everyone yeah. off. So we want to have zero friends by the time this is all over. All right. No, problem That's good. So I should be like, Mike, drop that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My signature line. Oh, exactly. Nice. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. That's awesome. All right, well, that wraps up another fun episode. It's always good to sit down with those two. And then we seem to be having guests recently, which is kind of fun. And it's always good to have another opinion on the show because I'm sure you guys get tired of hearing just obviously me blabber on, but probably just the three of us as well. So we're definitely going to keep doing this and bringing on more people. But there's also going to be other times where it's just the three of us and we're just going to sit down and bullshit and have a good time. And well, I just I really look forward to those. It's always good to get to see those two and hang out and have a good time. So, so we're definitely going to do some more of that as well. If you're still listening, thank you so much for all your support with the podcast. I still need everyone's help. Let's get the show out to some more people. Share it with your friends. Share it on social media. Talk to people about it. Let's, let's get more people listening. And please, please, please go out to Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. Let's leave the show some five-star reviews because that really helps the show get seen by well not seen listened to (laughs) by new people that's all we have for this week we will see you guys next time on uncensored humanity